0: If you're like me, the first thing you do when traveling is check out what's happening with the local food scene, right? And as I've been planning my big book tour and live podcast tapings all around the country, man, I am very excited to eat my way across the nation. There's Atlanta, there's Miami, and so many more. Going to local restaurants gives you a great taste of that place. And if you pay your bill with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum Amex, you get double miles at restaurants. Getting a taste of local food is the best way to get to know the local culture. And if you travel, you know that's how it's done. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. I'm extremely excited about what's going on at Whole Foods Market right now. It is the Taste the Mediterranean Sales Event, a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano-Reggiano, Charcuterie, Whole Branzino, Sustainable Wild-Caught Sockeye Salmon. Right now, they're on sale at Whole Foods, okay? Wines from the sun-soaked vineyards of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just eight ninety-nine. Must be 21+. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. So your first comedy special just came out. Congratulations. Thank you. I understand that um, in the lead up to the big taping, you were less concerned about your material and the performance, more concerned about what the people coming to the show would eat.
1: Yes, that's right. I was very stressed out about it. I didn't know that the taping would be in a theater that would not allow food. (laughs) And like, I was like, all my Indians are gonna come and be so pissed off in a horrible mood. So, but I was absolutely adamant. I told my producer, I said, I don't know how you're gonna do this, but if I'm standing on stage and literally looking at 500 people who haven't eaten, the mother in me is not gonna relax. Like We need to fix this somehow. (laughs)
0: This is The Spork Full. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. Each week on our show, we obsess about food to learn more about people. This week, I'm talking with stand-up comedian Zarna Garrig. She started gaining traction in the New York comedy scene just five years ago. Now she's got her own special on Prime Video. Zarna's path to comedy success has not been traditional. Before she was selling out shows across the country, she spent more than a decade as a stay-at-home mom. She's mined that part of her life for a lot of her material.
1: 16 years of being home with the kids full-time, I learned something. I'm not that into them. (laughs) So I found the only job that keeps me out of the house nights and weekends. I mean, kids aren't even allowed in here.
0: (laughs) Family and food are recurring themes in Zarna's comedy, but she has some mixed emotions about cooking. As a kid, she relished her mom's home-cooked meals, but didn't have much interest in being in the kitchen herself. As a teenager, she wasn't always sure where her next meal would come from. And as a parent, she came to see cooking as a burden. We'll get into all that later in the show. But even if you haven't seen Zarna's stand-up, there's a good chance you've seen her videos on social media. They're usually shot in her kitchen, often while she's cooking, with at least one family member nearby.
1: Mom, what are you doing? I'm peeling the oranges for your lunchbox tomorrow. I'm trying to get ready for your lunchbox. Nobody wants oranges. Why can't I just have a cookie like everyone else? What? No one is bringing cookie for lunch. Who said? All my classmates are. See, they eat a cookie and then they start thinking, oh, I should be playing guitar when I grow up. You see how all these problems start? You eat the orange. You know who else ate oranges? All the people who made Google.
0: Sarna grew up in Mumbai in the 70s and 80s, the youngest of four. And she told me, her family was middle class, her dad ran his own business, and her mom stayed home to take care of the kids.
1: My mom did most of the cooking, and uh, it was all Indian home cooking, vegetarian food, which is a very, very refined cuisine. So the lentils, like there are any number of ways to cook them. There are any number of ways to cook vegetables and all the different breads we made. And my mom was an amazing cook.
0: You mentioned lentils. Like, did your mom have like a go-to dal or something that was like her trademark dish?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I just got thrown off guard when you said dal because I didn't expect you to know that, but of course you do.
0: (laughs) All the the Hindi words that I know are uh, are the food words.
1: I think as long as you know all the food and namaste and a couple of yoga words, you're good. (laughs) Yeah, there was, there's a yellow dal, like, like, I think in America, it's called split pea.
0: Right, split pigeon peas.
1: Split, that kind of dal. My mom used to make that dal with onion and tomato and garlic and ginger. And like, I'm sure she was also sneaking in other vegetables that I didn't even know when I was a child, you know, because like everything was kind of mushed and ground up. But man, it was so yummy. It was great.
0: And then would you put some, uh, I know there's different words for it, but like uh, uh
1: tadka or like an achar or something in there? Yeah, both, tadka and achar. So usually when you're doing the onion, ginger, garlic, that's the tadka. And the tadka is the seasoning, the flavoring, like what flavor do you want in the dal? And the achar is because we're so extra. Indian people are so extra. It's like yeah. not even funny. Like we've already added 20 ingredients to this lentils and but still not enough. We're like, <laughs> no, it still needs a little oomph, yeah. you know? So we add, it's literally, it's like adding a push up bra to the dal. Like we need a little more excitement, you know?
0: Right. And when you were growing up, did you cook with your mom?
1: I, uh... Not so much. Not so much because I was a little more of a tomboy. I wasn't into it. She tried to drag me into it a few times. But I was always the one who wanted to go play and swim and run and jump. And, you know, I wasn't a foodie in the way that Indian people like people in India go crazy. Right now, they're all losing their minds over mangoes. Mango season is here, and that's all you're gonna hear about anywhere in India. Right. Did, you, did you get the mango? Did you get the good mango? How much did you pay for the mango? You know, oh my, oh my God, you paid so much. I got an inside deal. <laughs> it's so so much chatter around the food that it's like I was like, I don't care. I, I give me a pineapple. I'm fine. <laughs>
0: When Zarna was 14, her life took an unexpected and dramatic turn. Her mom died pretty suddenly from jaundice. Her dad, as Zarna tells it, couldn't handle the demands of being a single parent. So he decided it was time for Zarna, his youngest child, to find a husband. That meant an arranged marriage. But Zarna refused. Again, she was only 14. Her dad responded with an ultimatum. Get married or get out of the house. So Zarna left.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And you spent a couple years sort of couch surfing.
1: Yeah. Two years.
0: During those two years, Zarna didn't get much say over what she was eating.
1: I mean, when you're at living at people's mercy, you don't have the choice. You know, really, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, but I was lucky. People always thought I was funny. And I would get invited to every amazing event in town. Everybody would be thrilled to have me around their dinner table because they knew I would make people laugh. And in hindsight now, looking back, I think the roots of my comedy were probably born around those dinner tables
0: it was almost like a survival mechanism
1: it was a it wasn't almost it was because i knew that if i entertain people they were gonna invite me or they were gonna take me in for an extra day or an extra week so i was i was always front and center in my mind to keep things light and to keep everybody happy but but a big part of it was also to be invited to the most outstanding meals ever Almost a year and a half after I I had been thrown out of my house, somebody invited me for a Diwali dinner. And um, it was a very, very opulent dinner. And I was very excited to be invited. But I could tell that it was not home cooked. And that was the first time I realized the difference between my mom making something herself and something being catered from outside. Do do you know what I mean? Like, until then, it all felt the same to me. I was too young to know the difference. But I remember sitting at that really fancy dinner table and thinking, this looks so amazing, but why doesn't it taste like my mom's?
0: And and, I mean, having that realization a year and a half after your mother had died, knowing that she wasn't around to cook those meals for you anymore. I mean, how, how did that feel?
1: I mean, look, I was in a very complicated circumstance, so I never allowed myself to feel sad about it because I, I could go down a spiral, and I knew that even as a 15-year-old. Also, you, the world that I come from, they don't really baby the babies, I was only 15, and I know that only 15 is a thing looking back in hindsight in America, in an American context. But in India, everybody was very matter of fact when she died. It was like, okay, she's died now, and that's really sad, but we all have to move on. And that was part of why my dad was like, you need to get married because I don't know what else to do. So I think I was sad, but I don't think I really allowed myself that. That moment of grief even, because my overall state of mind at that time was very much, how do I make sure that I I remain in a stable place for the night?
0: Eventually, Zarna found a place to stay long term with her older sister and her sister's husband in Akron, Ohio. So Zarna left India. She and her dad never spoke again. When she got to America, she started trying to build a new life for herself.
1: Ohio was the best. I was immersed in my sister's family life. The Indian community in Ohio really took me under their wing. They were like very loving and inclusive. Pretty much every Friday and Saturday night, we were all gathering at somebody's house and everybody was bringing a dish. So it was like a potluck. So for the first time, I saw all these really cool interpretations of Indian dishes. Because back then, when I moved here close to 30 years ago, there weren't so many Indian grocery stores and certainly not in Akron and Cleveland, Ohio. So everything was kind of modified and a little bit like substituted and, oh, we don't have the curry leaf, but we have this one and we don't have this kind of salt, but we have this other thing. You know, when you move here from uh, to America, from India, you, you don't know that buying Indian groceries could be challenging because the world you came from, it was everywhere. And then you come here and you walk into this massive grocery store in Ohio, massive, like They have all this stuff and they don't have turmeric? (laughs) How can. What? I remember going out and thinking they have like 50 kinds of milk. Right. But they don't have curry leaves. (laughs) How are you cooking without curry leaves? (laughs) So, what I learned is that people went to great lengths to recreate what they were used to but they found amazing ways to blend in it was it was a blending into americana of a whole different kind that i had not expected
0: was there ever a moment in those first few years after you left home that you questioned whether it was the right move
1: i i didn't question it because i didn't have the option but i i did miss home a lot I, I, You know, I feel that life in America, even now, I feel is a little lonely. No one is really looking at the big picture of what will make a community happy. Everybody seems to be running in their own direction and running with a lot of passion and vigor. But I remember feeling like, like missing the vibe of a small, tight-knit community, which is funny to say because I came from India and India is anything but small. But Indian culture is very warm at its core. Like we, we hang out with our neighbors and our friends and relatives. It's very informal. You know, and food is like, Indian people take so much pleasure from their meals and the gather around and the sitting around. Food is important everywhere. But I just don't think it's a community event necessarily in the Western cultures. Whereas in the East, it's like everything is a community event. Like you make the bread together, then you break the bread together. It's not, you don't do that once a week or once a month. You don't wait for Thanksgiving. It's a feast. Every night is some version of a feast. And food is part of everything. I make jokes about it in the clubs. I'm like, it's your birthday. It's your anniversary. It's your funeral. It's all about the food. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we don't actually care what has happened. We just want to make sure that there's something good to eat.
0: (laughs) It's like, well, grandpa died, but at least we'll eat well.
1: Listen, grandpa died and he would have wanted you to have eaten well. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
0: right. (laughs) While living in Ohio, Zarna was able to get the education she'd always wanted for herself. She went to college, then law school. After graduating, she moved to New York for her first job. That's when she met her husband. No arranged marriage necessary. They tied the knot back in India, where Zarna's husband's also from, so they could celebrate with their families. What food did you serve at the wedding?
1: Everything. (laughs) I come from the Western region. My family was Gujarati. So they were like, we have to have Gujarati food for the Gujaratis who are coming. But then we also needed like... American food, because we had guests flying in from America, my friends from here. And then my husband was coming from Switzerland. So they were like, we have to have food to please these people. (laughs) By the time we were done, there was food from every corner on earth. (laughs) There was Chinese food, Thai food. And Indian weddings, having five, ten stations of food is a very common thing. It's like people will start with a Chinese appetizer and work. with In the middle, sushi will show up from nowhere. (laughs) Out of nowhere, there will be a sushi platter. And then just when you think you're done with sushi, there's going to be nachos. And there's literally no one sees anything wrong with it. (laughs) And my wedding was very much that. And I'll have you know that 25 years later, people remember how amazing the food was.
0: For the first few years she was married, Zarna worked at a New York law firm. When she and her husband started a family, she left her career to be a stay-at-home mom. She says she wasn't really cut out to be a lawyer anyway. By the time she was in her late 20s, Zarna had three kids, and her whole life was dedicated to raising them, which in large part means feeding them.
1: I think I have a lot of resentment from those years, to be honest, because it was it's overwhelming. I didn't know how to cook anything. Like, I could make pasta and make, like, a few things, very few things in America. It's an overwhelming amount of work to feed three kids and all three of my kids are athletes. So each kid had their own. My daughter was on a swim team. My son was on a track team. Every coach had their own drama about like, don't give him that and he must eat this. I feel like for at least a good hard decade of my life, all I was ever doing was Obsessing about who's eating what and and do we have enough ingredients and all. Somehow, no matter how organized I was, I was always missing something. Midway through the thing, I would be like, "Oh shit!" Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like in this flurry of what to do and how to right. like. Yeah. Miss too much stress.
0: As you were like raising your kids and learning to cook, I mean, I I imagine there were times where you're like, "I wish I could call my mom right now and ask her a question." Oh.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's an everyday thing. And and it's a, it's even a feeling thing. It's not even ask a question. I wish, I do wish that there was somebody to comfort me when I'm stressed out, you know, because my role is to comfort my kids, my husband, and that is, you know, I'm the I'm their mom. So they turn to me with every crisis. But meanwhile, I have my own crisis and of all kinds, you know, professional, whatever. And it's, a, it's definitely a feeling that you, I don't think you get over it. It's a void that is, I don't think it ever fills. I don't know.
0: Zarna didn't plan to follow in her mother's footsteps as a stay-at-home mom. Now that she had, she was struggling. She says during that time, some friends described her as a caged tiger.
1: I came here to not be married, to learn. I was that kid who loved going to school, loved learning. And I really spent years of my life getting these degrees. And then somehow I found myself in a world where I was obsessing over kids' soccer and like the parent-teacher conference and the baking, what do they call it here? The bake sales. Like... I think parenting in America is such a high-pressure job. The amount of like, you gotta be perfect. If your kid has a passion, they have to follow it. If they want some, you know, it's like, parents in India are very comfortable saying no. Like, I understand you might want to play the ukulele, but we don't have it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I remember my friends telling me they're like you're you're so unhappy in this life. I was in a state of disbelief. I couldn't understand what happened to me and my life. But I felt like the world was passing by me and I was just stuck.
0: Coming up, Zarna gets unstuck with help from her kids. Stick around.
1: And now, a delicious word from our sponsors.
0: Whether you're a family vacation traveler, a business tripper, or a long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. They've got over 7,000 locations in 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels, and you will get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. I especially love those Cambria hotels. They have locally inspired hotel bars with all kinds of specialty cocktails, downtown locations right in the center of all the action. Radisson hotels have flexible workspaces. That way, if you're a business traveler, you'll be able to get all your work done. On-site restaurants, fantastic. And then at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles and great pools for the whole family and spacious rooms. I mean, if you have kids, you understand the importance of the pool. If you stay at a hotel with a pool... Almost nothing else matters. Fortunately, all the Choice Hotels take care of all the other stuff too, but i mean, a pool is a great start. Whatever kind of vacation you're going on, whatever kind of travel you're doing, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Recently, I went into my closet to try to get a collared shirt out, and it occurred to me that I don't think I have bought a new collared shirt in five years. I mean, (laughs) every shirt in there was either Really old, or it had some kind of perma stain situation, or it probably never fit right in the first place. I gotta freshen up a little bit here. It's time for something new, right? And spring is coming. Now is the time if you've been looking to refresh your wardrobe, home, or skincare and beauty routines this season. Because you know, Walmart has genuinely surprising style finds that don't break the bank. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home, and beauty inspired by real life Walmart. I freshened up my wardrobe. I got some nice dress shirts, a couple light hoodies. You know, you need light hoodies for the springtime. Very useful, very comfortable. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart Now or shop it all on the Walmart app. Go to Walmart.com slash now trending. That's Walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending, your style at Walmart. It's been chilly here in the Northeast lately, and we have been on a big grilled cheese dipped into tomato sauce kick here in the Pashman household. And I'm making the grilled cheese with Hero sliced bread. The kids like the Hero classic white bread. I like the Hero seeded bread. It's fluffy. The crust is just right. And I like that the slices are sliced just a little bit thicker than a lot of other sliced breads. You griddle it in butter. You add some cheese. You dip it in the soup. Phenomenal. And all the Hero breads are low in net carbs and they're high in fiber. All these Hero breads are delicious and flavorful. They'll give you that soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouthwatering cheeseburger. So whether you're making homemade grilled cheese, BLT, maybe a, you know, a tuna melt sounds nice on some Hero seeded bread. I bet that would be really good. Maybe you're doing sliders on the Hawaiian rolls. Whatever it is, Hero has the bread for you. Don't give up being a breadhead. And Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code SPORKFUL at checkout. That's code SPORKFUL at H-E-R-O oco I just got a very wonderful shipment of goodies from the folks at Reese's. And let me tell you something. These people remain the absolute worldwide leaders in bringing together chocolate and peanut butter. Of course, we know that peanut butter cups remain transcendent. But have you tried the Reese's sticks? They're wafers with peanut butter in between each wafer, all coated in chocolate. I mean, the combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter just brings people joy, and the folks at Reese's do it better than anyone. So shop Reese's Peanut Butter Cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold. Welcome back to The Sporkful, I'm Dan Pashman. And hey, I just want to shout out a new book that I think you're going to be excited about. This is not an ad, just want to tell you about it, alright? Remember our episode last year with champion home brewer Mandy Neglich? When we talked to Mandy, she was going for her Master Cicerone certification. Basically a sommelier, but for beer. And part of studying for that exam was thinking about what beers pair well with certain foods. Caesar salad. Caesar salad. Okay, so that's going to be like a lot of salt and cheese going on. Um, I think like a Czech amber lager would be really nice with that. Mm. That has a little bit of that like toastiness of dark malt. So kind of playing off your crouton. It also has a little butteriness that's really signature to Czech beers. So that could go really nicely together and also add kind of a new element, right? You're getting that like toasty liquid bread kind of going on. Now I have an update in Mandy's story. She has a new book out, not just about beer, but about all kinds of tasting. It's called How to Taste, a guide to discovering flavor and savoring life. Mandy will take you behind closed doors into the fascinating world of professional tasters and guide you to becoming an expert yourself. This book's going to change the whole eating and drinking experience for you. All right. It's so good. It's out next week, but you can pre-order it right now wherever you buy books. So please do that. Again, it's called How to Taste by Mandy Neglich. Check it out. Okay, back to my conversation with comedian Zarna Garg. After almost two decades of being a stay-at-home mom, Zarna hit a wall. She needed something else in her life. She just wasn't sure what. But her daughter Zoya, who was in high school at the time, she knew. Here's Zarna and Zoya when they were interviewed for an episode of This American Life a couple years ago.
1: And she said to me, Mom, all my friends love hanging out with you because they think you're funny. Why don't you do comedy? And I was like, what is she talking about? Who's going to come and watch what I have to say? And what am I even going to say? I don't know what comedy people do. She had so much fear going into stand-up comedy. I mean, it took me six months of being like, mom, you can do it. Mom, you can do it. You're so good at this. You love telling stories.
0: Eventually, Zarna gave in to the pressure campaign and decided to give comedy a shot, if only to appease her kids. Here she is on the podcast, Humans of Bombay, describing the first time she performed in front of an audience.
1: The first open mic I went to, I didn't even know what an open mic was or what you do there. The woman who ran it said, why don't you go on stage and talk about whatever you find is funny? I was like, anything? And she's like, yeah, anything. So I went up there and started trashing my mother-in-law. And like the audience was dying. And I was standing there thinking, what is happening? Like, I was like, white people do this? Like, this is a job? Like, somebody could be paying me to do this? I'll do it all day long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just like her daughter predicted, Zarna was a natural on stage. She'd honed her comic timing, making people laugh during her couch surfing years as a teenager in Mumbai. Now in her 40s, she was discovering just how far that talent could take her. But just as Zarna was gaining traction in the stand-up scene, COVID hit. She thought that might be the end of her new career. Instead, she pivoted to TikTok and other social media platforms where she ended up finding even more success. Online and on stage, her comedy is a mixture of jokes about the immigrant experience, cultural stereotypes, and parenthood.
1: My 16-year-old son, so handsome. He recently asked me, he's like, mom, are you proud of me? I was like, proud of you. Why? And he goes, because I get good grades. I said, you get good grades because we make you study. We get you tutors. We feed you almonds. You should be proud of us.
0: These days, the kitchen still isn't exactly Zarna's happy place, but it seems she's made her peace with cooking.
1: Whether I love cooking or not, I have to do it. It's part of my job. You know, I I just hesitate to say that I love cooking because in America, the people who love cooking, like, they make such a big show of it. Like, it doesn't even just stop with cooking. You have to love your pots and your pans and your equipment. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not so dramatic for me. Like, I just cook. I'm a mom. I cook all the time. I make sure everybody has eaten. If you come to my house, like... I think sometimes I scare the Amazon delivery guys. I'm like, you want to eat something? You want to eat something? Are you sure you don't want to eat something? (laughs) So feeding people is certainly a huge part of my life.
0: Establishing some rules and routines around feeding her kids has made that part of Zarna's life easier.
1: I make a bowl of uh, fresh cut crudité for each kid every day that they have to eat. And all my kids start the day with steamed broccoli. I know it's not an American thing. Like, in America, breakfast is a different thing. But I love that they start their day with a, with steamed broccoli. They love it. I make their friends eat it, too, and it's like a moment when usually <laughs> all American kids are in my house, and the first thing I give them at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning is steamed broccoli. They're like, what is this?
0: <laughs> Zarna actually posts cooking videos for some of her go-to recipes, like one for tomato soup.
1: First onion in butter and oil, then add cloves, and then ginger and garlic. Next up, turmeric. It is the king of all things. It is anti-inflammatory. It is a lot of anti-things, anti-racist. It helps everybody.
0: But some of Zarna's recipes are a little controversial.
1: Mom, what are you doing? The water is cold, and you're not supposed to break the pasta. Oh, you know everything now, how to make the pasta? Yeah, my friend Susie said that she knows how to make pasta because she's Italian. Like the Italians know pasta. Indians know how to cook everything. Italians created pasta. Indians created cooking.
0: So when you posted that video, what what was the reaction?
1: Oh my God, the Italians were losing their minds. (laughs) They were like, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? I, I I actually right now don't know why not. But I mean, I, I guess I do know because it's supposed to all cook and you're supposed to twirl it in the fork and whatever. But when my kids were little, not only did I break it, I broke it in really tiny pieces so they could scoop it with a spoon. <laughs> I I I honestly didn't realize that putting it in cold water was like such a big blasphemous thing.
0: Actually there uh, uh, there are some people including the respected food science guru Kenji Lopez Alt who have argued that that is a superior method. It saves it saves heat.
1: Thank you Kenji Lawrence. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> You're also a big fan of Taco Bell.
1: Big fan. Oh That's all Indians. That's an Indian thing. (laughs) You know, we single-handedly brought the Mexican pizza back.
0: In case you don't know the story, in 2020, Taco Bell discontinued its Mexican pizza. But so many angry, hungry customers wrote to Taco Bell's CEO that the company decided to bring it back in 2022. Its highly anticipated return was accompanied by a 12-minute choreographed musical on YouTube entitled Mexican Pizza, The Musical, starring, yes, Dolly Parton in the role of the Mexican pizza.
1: I held on for as long as I could, but in the end, it was just nice to know so many folks cared. And I just couldn't believe all the love on the internet from my grieving fans. The community couldn't believe when they discontinued the Mexican pizza. And we were like, we waged a war. In the fast food landscape in America, if you're Indian and or Indian vegetarian, Taco Bell is your number one. It is because you don't get more options anywhere else.
0: Zarna even has a social media bit about Taco Bell. Her son comes in while she's eating a Mexican pizza. and Quickly, she hides it.
1: Mom, are you having Taco Bell pizza? Can I have some? No, 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 no! I'm eating blueberries. You want some? The are there's some Taco Bell sauces right here. Oh, these I just picked up. That they give those for free. That you can have the sauces. You want to put them on blueberry?
0: And I like I get I understand that, Like that's just funny. Like these are just fun. Like the, those are funny bits. Um, mm,
1: no, that that was a real one. Okay.
0: <laughs> but I think that that you've sort of touched on what a, a somewhat universal. Experience of parenting I think Which is a sort of like Do as I say Not as I do Yeah This is something I'll admit to you That I've done Zarna Have you ever Snuck into another room To eat something That you didn't want Your kids to know You were eating
1: Oh That's my life (laughs) Are you kidding (laughs) another room known as the bathroom uh, <laughs> of course I have
0: I don't think you've actually successfully parented until you've eaten ice cream in the bathroom
1: I mean <laughs> we're all lying to some degree come on I think parenting the delicate foundations of parenting are based on lies alcohol drugs <laughs> Like you have to do a, a lot of delicate dance of all these things to get through the process of parenting
0: right right
1: do you know how many times I fed my kids broccoli, and then I'd throw my own bowl out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat that stuff. <laughs>
0: Zarna's daughter, Zoya, who you heard earlier, is in college now. I asked Zarna if Zoya has started calling her to ask for recipes and cooking tips.
1: Yeah, she does. Because she's she has a kitchen now in her college. So I teach her all kind of hacks on how to keep everything done, you know, for two, three days at a time and make it very simple. I tell her, I'm like, don't get roped into the oatmeal needs 10 things in it. Like, it's just simple, 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 simple. And she has a real appreciation for it.
0: And it turns out her daughter's appreciation extends beyond cooking tips.
1: You know, the first time I got something back from my kids about my food was when I allowed, we don't, Indian people don't really send their kids to summer camp. So that's not a thing. But one time my my daughter really fought hard and really wanted to go because all her friends were going. And I let her go for one week. I think she was in sixth or seventh grade. As she came back. She's like, Mom, I missed your food so much. Because it was a week of eating hot dogs and burgers. And like, these are not things she eats all of those things but it's not the foundation of her diet and that's the first time I realized that oh my god like my dal and my simple rice and stuff actually means something to her like she missed it and for that reason I sent every kid to camp once (laughs) (laughs) my little one was like I don't even want to go I said no you're going (laughs)
0: That's Zarna Garg. Her debut comedy special, One in a Billion, is out now on Prime Video. Watch it and check out Zarna's socials for more laughs, recipes, and cooking tips. Next week on the show, we're heading to the Appalachian Trail. The people who hike the whole 2,000-mile trail have a totally different, some might even say upside-down approach to eating. It's a whole other universe of eating over there, and it's not easy. In fact, many of them struggle. We'll hear all about it. That's next week. While you're waiting for that one, check out our episode about food smuggling, including stories of Canadian haggis and Mexican bologna. That one's up now. This show is produced by senior producer Emma
1: Morgenstern
0: and producers Andres O'Hara and Grace Rubin. Editing by Nora Ritchie. Our engineer is Jared O'Connell. Music help from Black Label Music. The Sporkful is a production of Stitcher Studios. Our executive producers are Colin Anderson and Nora Ritchie. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman.
1: And we're the Fries from Abilene, Kansas. Reminding you to eat more. Eat better. And eat more better.